0: I would say the connectedness between people. A lot of times, if you share the same musical interest with somebody, you'll come to find that they're a like-minded individual. And so I think that's really important, is just being able to connect with people who are like-minded individuals that you may not have connected with otherwise, if it weren't for the music.
1: this is champagne is also a band podcast one songwriter one song i'm sven your host for a journey into the music of champagne urbana recorded in the blue box studio with a songwriter from the champagne urbana music scene past or present champagne is also a band podcast is proud to be a part of the champagne showers podcast network to Champagne is also a band podcast. Today, I have Cade Witt, and you may know Cade from the cover band Octave. Cade, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Today, we're going to be listening to your song, Uncertainly Certain, Take Caution, off of your debut album, People in Places. So, without further ado, let's listen to the song. Welcome back. So, of course, my first and favorite question to ask is what came first, the music or the words?
0: So, with this song, it was a little bit of both. I started the lyrics prior to recording the actual instrumental, but they were unfinished lyrics. So, then after the instrumental was recorded, I found that the lyrics I wrote fit this instrumental, and then I went back and kind of added more depth to it
1: in terms of the instrumental part and maybe even the lyric part so here's a two-part question lyrically what was the first part that you wrote and then musically what was the first part that you wrote
0: lyrically the first part that i wrote was kind of that 8 a.m and i wake up alone getting a call on the telephone line and i knew that i wanted that to be a climactic section of the song i knew i wanted it to be the the big kind of ending and instrumentally the first piece that came first it started with that main guitar riff you hear in the beginning and then i just kind of built around that
1: the arpeggio that everybody hears in the beginning yes okay who all is playing performing did you was this all a studio effort and it's all you or
0: yes this was all entirely self-produced so the bass the guitar everything is done by me the drums are actually programmed on this super cool plugin I have called Labs and it makes really cool realistic
1: sounding drums. So, if you started out kind of a mix of the lyrics and the instrumental, when you blend those two, I'm always interested in when, when they kind of coalesce, like there's this you've got words but you've also got music and then you discover that they kind of fit and then they kind of get developed together. They started separately, they came together and then they finish together which I always find interesting because which is influencing which? Like is the music being influenced by the words that you have or is it the music influencing the words that as you progress and write them? These kinds of songs are my favorite kinds of
0: songs to write. And to answer your question, I would say that mostly the instrumental develops the lyrics that aren't there yet. Mm -hmm. So I mostly write the lyrics around the vibe of the instrumental. But if I already had a line that fits, it also kind of helps along the way. I can kind of build off of that as well.
1: What was the inspiration? You mentioned that the 8 a.m. and I wake up alone was kind of the first line that you wrote. Did you feel that you you wanted to follow that line or did you... I, I don't know if I'm I'm asking that the correct way because my, my curiosity always exceeds my words. The first thing that you wrote lyrically was the 8 a.m. and I wake up alone and then getting a call on the telephone... I'm just curious like was there something that you like is this based on an actual event or did you want to follow through with that that concept once this kind of came out of nowhere idea
0: so it is a kind of came out of nowhere idea it's strange I was at a friend's house one night we had had a really late night and I was left alone in the room obviously with nothing but my thoughts I had that little catchy 8 a.m. and I wake up alone getting a call on the telephone. And uh, it followed with the, I'm well-traveled through this life I roam, uncertainly certain of where we'll go. And that is kind of what was like the aha moment for me. And I wanted to develop it around being uncertainly certain because there's so much in life that, that we feel certain about, but in the end, life is totally unpredictable.
1: Tell me a little bit about where it went from there, because obviously that 8 a.m. and I Wake Up Alone is towards the end of the song. So, where did you pick back up and go into the song? Did you start it at verse one or did you hit the chorus or, or tell me a little bit about that?
0: If memory serves correctly, it started with the chorus because I was driving and listening to the instrumental in the car. And during that section where it kind of gets bigger, I just kind of started singing to myself. I'm thinking yeah, your
2: body it was
0: a It took off from there. Then I went back and did the verses, and the verses were easier to write because I had a more solid concept. The song is, it's kind of about two different topics. Hmm. It's about like the speaker's struggles with a partner who lies to him. But there's also like, overlying themes of uncertainty surrounding anything in life and just where this speaker will end up next.
1: I had an inkling that it was based upon a partner relationship, but also the concept of that you don't necessarily know where things are going to go. Like the uncertainty of a relationship, just in general, the way that we interact with each other is definitely uncertain because you've got two random elements right like you Absolutely, and yeah. the other person just our day-to-day life is how do we interact with these objects our environment people places things let's just kind of go into the the chorus you know you're, you're saying I'm taking in what you're putting out the promises you make they're all laced with doubt I, I find it interesting you have that first chorus and then the second time you return to the chorus you also but i keep taking in what you're putting out it has this feel of like you're saying the same thing that you just said earlier but because of the way that you say it the same or with a different word it kind of changes the nature of it a little bit
0: yeah it's like even though i know what you're saying is uh least with doubt or you know untrue i'm still taking it in and i'm still listening to what you you're having to say
1: like how how we deal with other people and the way that we um try to make things better if you want to say like if, if you're in a bad relationship there's always that tipping point of like is there something i could have done yeah. been more understanding more accepting of that person that would have changed things but the thing is is you know it just like the uncertainty of it all it's like it's dependent on two people
0: right one thing about my music is I love hearing other people's interpretations. So, I'll always talk about what was going on in my mind when I wrote it. But uh, I do like to leave a lot of room for people to interpret it how they please.
1: I'm kind of curious about your your line of keep talking soda pop to me, say all the shit that you don't mean. When did you you come up with the idea of like referring to it as soda pop, the... the so I was wondering when you'd ask about that. Uh, talking soda pop,
0: it's, it's kind of just a way of me saying, like, you're talking sweet to me. You know, you're telling me what you think I want to hear, even if you don't mean it. And part of that is me paying homage to one of my biggest influences, Modest Mouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a couple songs where they say talking soda pop. I don't know if when they say it, it necessarily has the same meaning as when I said it in this song. But it was just kind of my way of paying homage to them and and taking huh. something and turning it, putting my own little spin on it.
1: I'm I'm curious because as as somebody who self produced this album, I'm wondering: is this a song that you had completely written before you started recording, or did you? I mean, other than you know adding adding little extra parts or, or, or extra treatments to it. I'm just curious because there's a few songs where I'm just like, I've got a shell of an idea. I don't have all the chords but if I start recording it, I can finish it and right. know what it is. I'm, I'm curious if that's part of your process or, or if you actually had it all thought out and figured out before you recorded it. It did start kind of with a shell of an idea.
0: Most of the verses and choruses were written as I was recording it. I think the little treatment pieces, like you said, was uh, me going in at the end and putting the line, like, lie to me, your mouth is a gun, and you'll kill me underneath the stars. Those little lines at the end were kind of the treatment and the cherry on top that I didn't have going into it.
1: For the most part, it was pretty much a finished song when you started. Okay. Let's talk about the final part. I want to say, like, the outro, although I know it's it's more than just an outro, but it has that kind of big outro part, when did you realize that you were going to put the the whole lyrics over lyrics, crisscrossing, right. almost, I mean, in some ways it seems like when you're doing the 8am and I wake up alone, it's it's this very like, I'm very broken, but in in a certain sense there's also this like, I'm kind of pissed off that you would do this to me and then how did those end up being lined up in such a way?
0: When I made the instrumental, I knew that the ending was big and i knew that i wanted to make it climactic and i was asking myself how to do that and it reminded me of a great song by blink 182 called feeling this Mm. where at the end there's like a bunch of different overlapping vocal parts but it blends together really well and so that was kind of my inspiration behind that
1: i'm getting to that part where i tell you the the thing that is my favorite part of this piece the the ending is big and it's and it's good, and I like that, but I also there's something about the very beginning where you start with that nice you said riff but arpeggio or the overlaying of the parts as they come in I don't know i I just like the way that those came in together. I don't know why it's it seems like a very simple thing to like, but I do enjoy that i and I know that there's this really cool word for it where it's just like. Here's the bass line, and it's playing by itself and then here comes in another part and it's just playing over the top of it and then here's the the second guitar and it's playing this part and then drums drop in and you know, there's this great term for it and I cannot seem to remember it right now but I love that because it's introducing all the characters that are going to be playing throughout the song and, right. and I like the way that that lays out and how they interlace with one another. So, I guess that's a pretty simple answer but that's just... I like that
0: well thank you I, I really appreciate that and and that uh, beginning portion kind of gives you a glimpse into how i constructed the instrumental because it did start with that arpeggio that that guitar is playing but then i added drums on top and it was really groovy and i said i could lay down a nice bass line to this mm-hmm. i ended up making the bass and the drums kick in at the same time but it kind of gives you a little bit of a, a glimpse into the instrumental writing process
1: what's your favorite part
0: i think my favorite part is the ending i also really like that bridge section before it goes into the outro where i sampled somebody talking it's actually norm mcdonald who's a comedian and he was the the late norm mcdonald and he was one of my favorites and at the time of recording the song he had recently passed and i thought well this is a way that i could pay homage to him because i found a clip of him talking about just life in general and it was it was really deep and so i ended up chopping it up in a way that it sounds like he's saying being just a touch into death and uh, I, I thought that was really cool so that might be one of my other favorite part but if not that then the outro
1: why was this piece the piece that you selected to talk about today
0: this is probably my favorite song that i've written it holds a special place in my heart just because i love the instrumental so much at the time i was writing it i myself was kind of uncertainly certain of of what i was going to be doing next and this was kind of my foray into songwriting i had only done a couple other songs and when i hit this one i was like wow like i can i can really do this and i really enjoy doing this
1: Jubilee Cafe is open to anyone who cares to eat with them. Because food insecurity among students is so high, they serve students as well as others in and around the Champaign-Urbana community who struggle with hunger. Meals are free to all and will be served each Monday evening, located in the accessible lower level of the building at 6th and Daniel Streets in Champaign. For more information on the meal or how to volunteer, Go to the Jubilee Cafe C-U-C-C Facebook page or email them at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. That's jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. Welcome back. So, Cade... What is your favorite Champagne Urbana venue?
0: I would say my favorite Champagne Urbana venue is probably the Canopy Club, just because they've had a really cool thing going there and they've had some great names play there. Like uh, a few years back, I remember they had Jimmy Eat World play there. And I actually wasn't old enough to get in at the time, which was super disappointing. Mm-hmm. But I love Jimmy Eat World and I, I think it's really cool that a place that you consider a smaller venue still got that band to come and play there right
1: yeah 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 we kind of spoke earlier before we started the interview and you haven't had a ton of opportunity it sounds like to explore all the venues just because of like a lot of the venues are very age dependent and you're you're a younger human and (laughs) sometimes that's that tends to be a very like exclusive thing right yeah I'm just curious like it, it, since I've moved here since I became an adult of drinking age and therefore there's there's never been any specific barriers to me so I'm curious what what the experience of being barred from being able to see some really incredible shows and and not being able to get in it stresses the point that we need more all ages venues
0: yeah definitely and you know, it stinks. It has been a little bit of a roadblock, but I suppose it just makes me all the more excited to get into it now that I am 18 and, and will eventually be 21. It, it's going to be nice to be able to dip my toe into the Champagne urbana music scene.
1: I'm just curious, are there any Champagne urbana bands or groups that you're interested in or that you are your favorite, perhaps? we can We can go either way, like ones that you can't wait to see and ones that I'll change the question however <laughs> it works for you.
0: I really like American football. I'd say that they've been a big inspiration to me, especially on a song like 217 Concrete Jungle, which is another song on the album. They played a big role in inspiring like the guitar parts around that song. Another great CU band is uh, the band Hum, if you're familiar. Oh, yeah. it's like a, Yeah, they're great alt rock those two are my favorites.
1: it's funny because i've i've had a had an idea for and when i say idea i mean like i have no freaking idea how to execute it but i i've always wanted to do something about the american football house that you know like i've wanted to do something and like i i kind of feel like if i I, like half i kind of want to interview the people that own the house now because i'd be like how freaking irritating would that be (laughs) Like, just from, anyway, so that's that's more of like, but then I was like, I try to lean towards the positive. I don't want to be like, but I'd love to hear kind of their experiences. But I also am like, yeah, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, people coming to visit, I don't know, the shrine of American football, so to speak. (laughs) Since your album was self-produced, do you have any plans of how to perform or or is that is that even a goal for you or uh that's
0: a great question performing is Mm -hmm. definitely on my radar it's something that i want to do however i don't know enough people who would be able to fill those spots for Mm -hmm. the other instruments so uh we'll kind of have to see how that plays out in the near future but i'd like to connect with some people i'm going out to parkland and then over to the u of i and i'm going to be studying music production so Great. hopefully I could get in contact with some people through there, but yeah, it's definitely on the radar.
1: You know, throughout the pandemic, we've kind of realized that being able to see live music and being able to be with other people and being part of a community is super important. So I've been asking everybody this question because I still want to know, what makes a good music community?
0: I would say the connectedness between people. A lot of times, if you share the same musical interest with somebody you'll come to find that they're a like-minded individual and so i think that's really important is is just being able to connect with people who are like-minded individuals that you may not have connected with otherwise if it weren't for the music
1: what do you think champagne urbana could do you know could maybe do better in terms of the music community Or maybe even just in the music scene in general? Well, I'd
0: say one huge thing that you kind of already touched on would be uh, having clubs that are all ages or venues that are all ages so people can really come out and appreciate it.
1: What do you think Champaign-Urbana does well?
0: I think it's great that we have the U of I right there because chances are if somebody's studying music in college, they're really into it. it. It's something that they are just really passionate about or would like to pursue and so i think that's a great thing about champagne urbana is you can always find somebody who's committed and passionate and willing to develop their sound they're not stuck in a box
1: champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support exile and main street Exile on Main Street, located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champaign, has been helping to build record collections since 2004, carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old-school gaming devotee. Welcome back. So, Cade, what is your favorite non-musical thing or things? You know, outside of
0: uh, work and music, I'd say the thing that I enjoy most is probably being able to sit down and, and play video games or read a book. Just being able to have a little bit of, of me time.
1: What kind of video games do you like to play? Or do is it just all of them?
0: Yeah, I play a lot of games. I love Call of Duty. Another one that I really like is Rocket League. I used to play a little bit of Fortnite, but that game isn't as good as it used to be. Uh, I kind of slowed down on that. Uh, recently, I've been playing the Mario 3D All-Stars game for the Switch, which is the oh. like remaster of three of the 3D Mario games. So Mario Sunshine, Mario 64, and uh, Super Mario Galaxy.
1: What kind of books do you like reading?
0: My favorite book is *The Catcher in the Rye*. I also enjoy *East of Eden*. One that I'm reading right now is uh, *Lord of the Flies*, and then after that, I think I'm going to read *Pride and Prejudice*. So a lot of classics is mostly what I like to read.
1: I was not expecting *Catcher in the Rye*. Uh, yeah, *East of Eden*. Gosh, I haven't I haven't read that in forever. My goodness. So I I guess I uh, I mean. What what about the classics that appeal to you or is it, do you, you want to know the context of all the, the references that people lay out or, or is it like... I'm-
0: Part of it is that I think another reason I really like the classics is because in those you can find a lot of fresh diction and what I mean by that is just like unique word choices, unique phrasings mm-hmm. and I think those kinds of books really inspire my songwriting. Because mm. I like to kind of write lyrics that are a bit subliminal and you have to kind of the meaning through all the cryptic mm-hmm. stuff.
1: Pride and Prejudice and Lord of the Flies. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm big. Actually, I'm a big Steinbeck fan. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah. So it's been forever since I read Grapes of Wrath. But if you ever get a chance to, there's definitely these concepts of wealth inequality and i mean you can draw some very strong parallels between our sense of capitalism versus what was going on back even even during the dust bowl and like what what was what was happening has much changed kind of thing i don't know yeah it may be it may be eye-opening but it may also be very very sad so just you know be beca- yeah. if for some reason people would like to might be interested in playing with you uh how can they get a of you or
0: they could get a hold of me i'd say the best way would be through instagram uh my at is monkey ass pistol <laughs> 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 uh or they could email me at cade at gmail.com
1: thank you for being on the show and telling me all about your song uncertainly certain take caution off your debut album people in places and a little bit about your experiences in the scene and your favorite non-musical things and I just really appreciate you making the trip out here.
0: I really appreciate you having me. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm very grateful. New music will be coming soon. Me and my friend Nick Riley, who is featured on my album, are working on assembling a band called Manifest West. We have started some projects for an upcoming debut album for that so stay tuned for that shout out to nick long live tay thank you for listening to champagne is also a band podcast this is Cade witt reminding you great music is out there go find it where you live
1: Champagne is also a band. You almost have an NPR voice, it's so good.
2: Blue <laughs> <laughs> a
1: Studio. South bigger On the inside.